You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Landon McCool. You can follow me at McCoolBCB on Twitter. Uh, we're going to do a little questions a day. Questions pod, I guess is what we call this. We used to call this questions Tuesday, but today's Wednesday and this is likely to post maybe even on Thursday. So just just insert whatever day it is and, and put questions in, in front in front of it. And, and we'll just pretend that that's what's going on. So I got a whole bunch of questions from you guys, and I'm excited to answer them. So let's not waste any more time. <clears throat> and let me be clear. I have not looked at these questions yet, so this is coming off the cuff. But uh, let's, let's see what we got. Uh, do you edge before you mow, or do you mow before you edge your, in your lawn? Well, that's not exactly the kind of question we needed at Josh Ayabir. Uh, so we're going to move on. <laughs> Would the decision to re-sign Byron be more impacted by Chris Rashad or Jerry and Steven? I'd like to think that Rashad has more say in his re-signing since he hasn't had much say in where he lands his players in the draft. Um, I think there is a point in here that's interesting that I, I do think that whether or not, um, uh, if, if it was me, whether or not I, I how confident I feel, I guess is what, how I should phrase it, how confident I feel about re-signing Byron very much is uh, tied to whether Chris Richard is going to be here beyond next year. Um, because I, I think that if he's not, then I, I wonder if he will be able to play up to the expectations that I had for him when I signed this contract, whatever they would re-sign him. You know, because the idea is that you're signing him with this thought that he could play up to this certain level, and that level is based on you know him, Chris Richard coaching him. So if there's a change in that, then uh, I think you're you're potentially not getting the return on investment that you thought you were getting initially. Um, so I, I think Chris Richard is very, uh, to at least if it was me, it very much would be um, a someone who's tied into this uh, how how I feel about resigning Byron Jones. Um, Let's see what else we got. Would Zeke contract situation be this big of a deal if the team didn't make decisions that ultimately led them to trading this year's first-round pick for Amari Cooper? Uh, have we drafted with the pick when the player would be cheap for five years rather than having to pay Cooper before next year? Uh, no, I mean, they they want Cooper. Like I, it, I don't know that that's, you know... They needed Cooper regardless of whether they were going to pay Zeke or not. I mean, I think Cooper's got value beyond just uh, in relation to Zeke. You know, I mean, if Zeke is not here, um, then Cooper still has a credible, incredible amount of value. In fact, he may have more value if, if Zeke isn't here. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Zeke deal is probably what it was. Uh, would you, uh, Chris, oh, that was from uh, Trey, who's at shooter underscore one up. Uh, this is from Chris P I O L L A R. Um, 
Would, would you give Zeke a fully guaranteed three-year, $45 million deal, meaning Terrapist contract, no fifth-year option, three years from now, uh, he could do it. For, uh, to clarify, I, I'm all in on a short-term investment. If he continues to hold the team hostage, I say trade him. I can also understand a running back not wanting that three-year deal, but it kind of makes sense. Um, well, hold on real quick. Let me just go to over the cap and check out uh, what Zeke is making specifically uh, for the next two years because I think that really matters to this and I think that, sorry, my phone rang there for no good reason. I think, you know, because what he's talking about is actually ripping up the fifth-year option on this. And, um, I, I, you know, I think that that is a, one way to make Zeke happy because I think part of what's going on with Zeke is, uh, the you know, the whole, the whole running back hanging over his head that they that 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 they would you know run him into the ground and then he would go into free agency um with all these miles on him and, and not be able to ever secure the big money because all his good years basically were you know ground into the dust by the cowboys so i i totally understand um the thought process here that the idea is that you give zeke a little bit of his money up front um you uh, can try to find a way to uh, make sure that he gets some guaranteed money uh, in these years. Um, you know, this year he's counting towards seven million on the cap, and next year he would be nine million on the cap. So you are increasing um, those two numbers. I think you know the, the the downside for the Cowboys is that in that situation, obviously the fully fully guaranteed contract is short. But it doesn't really give you the flexibility to reduce his number. I, I don't think, um, in, in the same way that you know some of the other contracts would. So I, I think um, I would, I might do that just to kind of get this out of the way. I still think that Joey Ike's is uh, and Mike Fisher's uh, mock-up of what a Zeke contract looks like. I think is still the best. I wouldn't ter- be totally against something like this, I guess. Um, how have Tristan Hill and McGovern looked so far? I haven't seen much of McGovern because he actually hasn't been out there very much. Uh, but Tristan Hill has been, you know, he's been up and up and down a little bit. Um, you know, he had kind of a down day when I was there the, the first day, and then he had a better day yesterday, it sounds like. Um, and and uh, I, I think that he just, is you know kind of going through the normal rookie uh up and down you know i mean just that that sort of the back and forth that happens um that happens like you know for rookies when they get in their first camp i you know the first days he was already being carted off the field for with dehydration so um I think that the, you know, there is going to be a lot of a learning curve and, and and it seems like he is kind of going through the, the the bumps and bruises of, of an early guy who's trying really hard to get make the team and be impressive, but also kind of getting a face full of Zach Martin every day is going to teach you something. Uh, you know, having said that, it looks like he you know yesterday in practice he had some success against Zach Martin, and I think if you see a guy who can do that, I think you know clearly you've got something. The question now is you know honing it, getting him to do it regularly. You know those are all the the next steps for a guy like him. 
Uh, name a shocking cut we may see. Uh, I, I mean, how shocking would Taco Charlton be? I mean, considering he's a first-round pick, it'd be pretty shocking. I could definitely see him being cut at this point just because there's so much depth, um, you know, at that position that he's playing in. He hasn't really shown out, and a lot of other people are showing out. So if Randy Gregory gets back and suddenly you have a dearth of these guys, I mean, uh, you've got a lot of talent on other spots. I don't know that you can just carry Taco Charlton just because. Um Let's see what else we got. Would you still consider signing Eric Berry? Yeah, I mean, I think he's still on the radar. I think the idea is that he could get he could be a week one signing. You know, he could be a week two signing because then you don't have to guarantee his contract just in case you're worried about what his injury situation is. Which I I mean, clearly health is the problem here. So I, I guarantee. You, I mean, the, it sounds like they are still monitoring that situation, but I don't think that they're in a huge rush to get him in because they don't. They know that they don't need to get him into training camp necessarily and i think that they also know that they want to get a good look at the guys they've got to see see what they've got um how are the backup quarterbacks look i'm sorry these i'm terrible at reading these names uh uh this is that last question was at rock underscore uh hecho gamer asked how are the backup quarterbacks looking how about the new quarterback christian don't worry about the fourth quarterback guy until until he may, does something to for someone to bring it up to you <laughs> out of the blue, there's not really a worry to worry about the fourth guy. He's he's just an arm. Uh, I will say that Cooper Rush has been pretty good so far. I, I mean, I think he's definitely been the clear second-best quarterback here. So uh, I'm hoping that you know that that continues that trend continues because we you know we need someone to step up there. And right now it looks like Cooper Rush is stepping up there. Um, Okay, uh, I heard Hill left the field Saturday due to cramps and dehydration during a non-padded practice for the Timps in the 70s. Thoughts on this in conjunction with character questions? Character, this isn't about character questions, guys. I mean, first of all, these athletes' bodies work differently than all of ours. So, you know, even at 300 pounds, if he's not eating right, if he's not drinking right, if he's not hydrating right, even in a walk-through practice, like, you can sweat a lot. There's, there's a lot of stuff that they're doing. And, you know, they're still putting out effort, It's and it's a lot of effort. And I think if he took the tempo of what a walkthrough practice with the Cowboys is like for granted, which he would not be the first person to do that, um, you know, I mean, I think if that that's, it seems like something that, you know, could really – you could misjudge, not take care of yourself the day before, maybe not eat right – uh, maybe eat a lot of crap on the plane, you know, and then just your body feels like crap and you, you start cramping up because you're putting in an incredible amount of effort. I, I don't think this speaks to character concerns. Um, Mark with a soft J. It's a Mark. It's a soft J. Mark Gada uh, or Gaja. I, I, you, you, God, you told me last time, Mark, and I, I, I totally forgot. Uh, <laughs> what's been the biggest difference in training camp this year versus last year besides Zeke not being there? Um, well, I mean, it depends on what you mean. I will say, first of all, camp a- as a operation feels a lot different. They've added a lot of different things, so there's that. But that's not really what you're asking. Um, I think the biggest difference is just the the smoothness in which it feels like things went the first day. It just feels like there's a lot of talent on this team, and there's a lot of experience despite the youth. So there wasn't a lot of early 
practice jitters that I feel like we saw in previous years. It feels like this team knows what they're doing. Uh, there are some young guys, but I think that they, you know, are in positions that um, they aren't being exposed as being uh, not up to speed. You know, because there's just like you have a lot of veteran guys playing key spots and the rookies are coming in uh, as needed and they aren't necessarily doing anything to kind of derail the whole process or anything. So um, I, I, you know, I think that uh, this is a a much more talented team than it was last year Um, by proxy of the additions, by, by proxy of the uh, growth of the players that were already here. Um, and I think that that talent level shows immediately, uh, just in the the crispness and the execution on both sides of the ball, the back and forth that's happening with these teams. So, uh, I mean, by these teams, I mean these units, offense and defense. I think that it's not domination by one side, and if it is domination, it's streaks of domination, and it's bouncing back and forth. So that's a good sign, especially when you know you've got a good thing in this defense. So. Uh, which Cowboys uh, off- unit is better, offensive line or defensive line? I-, I think it's been varying a lot, and I also think that the defensive line has been missing its most key player in um, uh, in Demarcus Lawrence. But I think that uh, uh, you know, I, I think that it- it- the offensive line has been better in general. I just think that they are ready to take that next step. Um, and, uh, and and they're excited. You know, they, they, they have uh, – I, I think we still need to see more of Travis Frederick, see him working back, but I would say that right now the offensive line is, is better. Um, Landon, when was the last time you were happy? Not just content, but happy. That's a really great question, at foe Steve Jones. I'm, I am happy. I, you know, look, I, I'm not going to lie. I've got a pretty great life. I got a, a beautiful daughter, a beautiful wife. Uh, I get to talk about football, you know, pretty occasionally with you guys, which is great. Um, you know, hope springs eternal. It's the preseason. There's nothing to even really worry about with the Cowboys. I, I'm, I'm happy, man. How are you, how are you doing, Steve Jones? I, 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 I bet you're not happy with the way this, this Zeke situation is being played out in the media. I know that. So uh, maybe, you know, enjoy it. I know you got a nice big house in Holland Park, and you must be enjoying that. So... Uh, uh, go go and live your own life, Steve. And I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> that was at foe Steve Jones. I do. I'm a big fan of that account, by the way. Um, who's more important to the defense's the defense's future, Byron Jones or Jalen Smith? That's a tough question to answer. I mean, I think a lot of that again depends on scheme that's being played, um, and and the usage. I think both of them are very valuable. I think Byron Jones uh, obviously has some more positional value baked into his spot. But I also think that Jalen Smith is an exceptional linebacker who gives you more value than obviously the typical middle linebacker. He gives you value as a pass rusher. He gives you value as a cover guy. Um, So I I would say it's probably a push at this point because I I do think that they are, you know, I, I think that, yeah, it's really tough. It's a tough question. And I, I, I think, Right now, I have to say push because I do think they are both important, but I also think that their roles are changing, expanding, and they're growing as players. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. 
Um, I think that's it, guys. I think I got most of the big ones. Uh, I'm going to check real quick on here just to make sure. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, I got one more from Azul's, from at AB underscore wizard. With the injury to Sean Lee, who do you think is in line to play Sam now? Um, that would definitely be uh, uh, Joe Thomas. He is really fantastic and doesn't get spoken enough in here for how good he has played when he's given an opportunity. Uh, but I'm a big fan. And uh, I think he, uh, I think that he will step in as needed and play exceptionally well um, whenever he's needed. Every time he's on the field, he plays like he's a starter. So a uh, big fan of Joe Thomas. And I, and I feel like if, if, if Sean's in, not in there, uh, you know, we're, we still got a, a solid guy who can make plays at linebacker uh, who can step in and take his spot. So guys, I think that's it. Let's, you know, let me just make sure, you know, uh, how we feel about the kicking situation right now from Dustin Low Miller. Um, you know, I think the uh, I, I I haven't seen anything to make me panic yet, really. So I uh, you know I think kicker situation is is kind of a constantly ongoing situation. Um, so I think that I'm a I'm a fan of 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 what. I've seen so far. I mean, he's, uh, uh, mostly they've they've it, the Redfin guy. I don't know. I mean, he's. I think he's he's actually been shorting some of the kicks. So I'm not really worried about him uh, as much. Um, I think that that's really one of those situations where, um, you know, they 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 needed an extra leg and they are trying to get some competition. And and I and I get that that was kind of the uh, the situation last year as well. That you know for for. You know, Mar coming in to um, uh, compete with Dan Bailey was just like it, it, I'm sure we looked at we I mean I know we did we looked at it the, him in the same light as we look at Redfin now, but um, I, I I don't know that you know that we're gonna see much of a, as much of a competition here just because I don't think we've seen him perform the same way as Mar did early on. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it's it's a kicking competition, but I think, you know, right now Mar's still young. He hasn't he, – I mean, he hasn't completely proven that he should just get the job automatically, but I also think he has been better than uh, the other kicker that's been here. So uh, and with that, I think – that is it. Guys, make sure you're following along. We've uh, we got more training camp stuff coming. I'll be there on Friday. Today's obviously an off day. They'll be practicing Thursday, and I will be there Friday. Uh, so I'll probably have a late pod, maybe after practice, that will come out Saturday for um, for all you listeners. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Definitely check us out on the Best Coast Boys podcast as well. Um, I will have a whole bunch of stuff on there, including Mike Fisher this weekend, John Owning. Um, uh, if you guys are following me from blogging the boys, Sean Kirshner, the rabble rouser should be, uh, on a pod at some point. So make sure you guys are following along all this weekend and until then happy trails. 